Hey there, Inspiration Junkies. It's me, your host, Kenji Renee, and this is a special bonus episode of That's What She Did podcast. So excited to bring you this in-between season episode for a little inspiration, a little update on what's happening with some badass women around the world. And hopefully you were inspired, learn something new, and hey, maybe take up a new sport while you're at it. During this special episode, I have for you Lucy Diaz. She is the COO of RPM Events Group, which is the organization that created the Colorado Classic. She passionately leads a team that is focused on producing the best women's bike race in the world while committing to elevating the sport of women's cycling. The 2019 race, which is just around the corner, will offer a sizable prize purse and unprecedented support and media exposure to the female athletes. This is more than a race. It is a movement, a movement that celebrates and supports female athletes while also highlighting the need for pay equity within sports. It's an important conversation to be having right now in this point in time, especially considering the amazing win the U.S. women's soccer team pulled out with their fourth world title recently. The Colorado Classic is taking up that mantle and continuing the conversation around gender pay equity for women in sports. So check out the episode. I hope you love it as much as I loved recording it. And let me know your thoughts. As usual, if you have a woman you'd like to hear about on this show, all you got to do is send me an email. In the meantime, you can show your support for That's What She Did podcast by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a share. It's that simple. I hope you love the episode. Now let's get started. Welcome to the show, Lucy. So happy to have you here. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. My pleasure. So um, for audience context, they know that we are between seasons. We are between, currently between season three and season four of the podcast. So I anticipate the listeners are going to be pretty excited to get a bonus episode because they're always excited to get bonus episodes. Well, <laughs> but, I'm honored to be the bonus. <laughs> wonderful. So we should tell them why we're doing a bonus episode it's right now because it's really timely. Um, your PR marketing person reached out to me and said, there's this really cool event happening in Colorado. I'm from Colorado. I live in Colorado. It's my own backyard. And uh, we thought, yeah, let's do it. But We couldn't wait until the fall for when season four comes back because the event, the Colorado Open, is happening on August 22nd through 25th, correct? That's right. And it's actually the Colorado Classic. The Colorado Classic. I'm sorry. I was just so, that was my mistake because (laughs) I'm a big sports fan. And uh, this morning I was like reviewing (laughs) the U.S. Open results. Right. (laughs) You have tennis on your mind. I, get I have it. tennis on my head, which is hilarious because I only care if Serena Williams is playing. Absolutely. <laughs> I hear you. So my apologies. It is no not the Colorado Open. <laughs> Colorado Classic. Colorado Classic. Got it. All right, Lucy. So you are one of the main organizers of this event that's happening in Colorado. This is the third or fourth year. Uh, We're going into the third year for the Colorado Classic. Going into the third year. Big event. I have to say and and be totally transparent with you. Although I'm a huge sports fan, except for like golf, 
which I don't personally consider mm-hmm. to be a real sport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm aware of cycling, of pro cycling, because I'm from Colorado and you can't go anywhere in this state without right. seeing cyclists all over the place. But until I became aware of the Colorado Classic very recently, I was not paying attention to it at all. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one. You're, and that's a very, unfortunately, or fortunately, it's, it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, that, that, that uh, pro cycling is not a household sport, perhaps, but cycling is. And that's mm-hmm. really something that we recognize and that we're trying to build upon. So it's, it's, it's a very viable challenge that uh, we're looking at uh, working on and, and talking about even here today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to to have had the opportunity to learn more about the Colorado Classic. I'm going to be going now that I know it's like a thing I'm really right. interested in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a little bit like, why, why isn't I paying more attention to this? I mean, it's happening like right down the street from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about what is the Colorado Classic exactly? Sure. So the Colorado Classic is a professional road race, um, cycling road race, uh, that takes place, as you mentioned, August 22nd through 25th. And what the, what it looks like is, and, and I'll kind of, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, history on the event itself, and then we can talk about what's taking place this year and why it's so exciting um, uh, to, to put on the event in 2019. So uh, we started in 2017, and um, we'd had previous professional races here in Colorado. The U.S. Pro Challenge was the previous mm-hmm. iteration, you know, most recently. And then we had the Red Zinger and the Coors Classic dating back, um, you know, 20-plus years. But pro cycling is really embedded within the history and the culture of Colorado. And to your point, you know, you can't drive down the street without seeing people on bikes and varying degrees of sort of, uh, you know, how, how they're consuming that, that bike ride there, whether it's just you going up the street to the coffee shop or mm-hmm. it's someone fully clad in spandex, you know, in an aggressive position racing as fast as they can. So, um, you know, our organization, we really wanted to bring pro cycling back to Colorado after the the previous iterations had ceased to exist um, in a different manner and really in a more, not only a more sustainable manner, because pro cycling is not, uh, we'll put it this way, it's it's not a a business where you're making a lot of money. Um, It costs a lot to put on these events. And there's a lot of organization um, and infrastructure that goes around the courses for the event itself. Um, but really, we, we felt it in, at the nudge of, at the time, Governor Hickenlooper, um, you know, we and our CEO and Governor Hickenlooper were friendly or still are friendly, but really the, there was some interest, um, you know, to have pro cycling back in Colorado. So our CEO was able to, you know, raise um, some private investment dollars to to really bring this event back and, and bring an event, it back, but in a sustainable way. So it lasted more than just one or two or three years. Um, so when we first approached the, the sort of opportunity to do the Colorado Classic, um, we, we looked at a few different parameters around it. Um, the first one being, how do we make cycling more spectator friendly? your point. I've never heard of cycling, didn't know we had a professional race here in Colorado. Um, but, you know, how do you do that? If you watch a pro race, they go by so fast and it's like, ready or not, here they come. And then the cyclists come and go and you have three three seconds of thrill, um, you know, and, and you're standing on the, the side of the road for a long time. But as we looked at that, we thought, well, there's a way to program these races and put together the courses in ways in which um, you can create a, a shared start finish line, which is the hub of activity 
And then in many instances, you can create courses that go, you know, they go, they do loops in which the spectators can see the racers on multiple um, occasions. So we looked at really the programming around the event itself and where we landed was um, really this four day format. Um, and we've been in four different cities, which we are this year. We've been in, you know, a few different cities where we do multiple days in one city. Um, and, and there's not a, you know, a special sauce to that necessarily, but the special sauce there is really creating that shared start and finish line. Um, so you can have an expo, you can have a community gathering, and really you can have an event for people to come out to. So um, our first year, we had a four-day men's race, and we brought in teams from all over the world, really, to participate, um, as well as local participation. And all of these athletes are invited. So it's a professional race. Um, you couldn't just roll up to the start line and say, hey, I want to pay my registration fee and mm -hmm. participate. Um, but it is, you know, it is really, a, you know, top of the sport. Some of the best cyclists in the world are participating. And we've had... Um, We've had Tour de France uh, winners that have that have participated, and 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 multiple other uh, you know really really well credentialed um, athletes taking place here. So year one we had a four day women's or excuse me men's race and a two day women's race, and then in year two we had a four day men's race and four day women's race. And as we looked towards what 2019 was going to be. Um, we, we kept kind of going back to this original ethos of saying, you know, what can we do to innovate in the sport and how do we make this sustainable event and really how can we make a difference? Um, and we've done a few things, you know, we've, we've always been committed to the women's side of the sport. But it, it's sort of like, how, how do we really commit to, to women? And we've, we did a few things sort of in the first couple of years where um, typically in, in bike racing at the end of each stage, um, end of each race day, um, there are awards that are given to the top riders and they stand on a podium and there are podium girls, podium hostesses. So, you know, these these you know, beautiful women that are up there and giving the men kisses on the cheek and all of that. And, and we said, you know, we're not into that. That's, that's not what we're all about. And we, it's very patronizing for the women. And, and really it should be about the sport and the athlete and, you know, the, can I just say so, thanks yeah. for that? <laughs> As, I, know, you know, I, mean, I love sports. I love almost any sport. I'll watch <laughs> almost anything. UFC boxing doesn't matter. And in, in the sports where these is like nearly naked women walking around, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't I understand the purpose of this. <laughs> I'm happy that they're employed, exactly. yeah. right? But I'm like, I don't, how does this elevate the sport? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I agree with you. So fortunately, we were able to make that change in year one, which was, uh, which was great. And then, um, you know, year two, we were, we were working on, on having equal race days to the men with the four days for the women. And, and quite honestly, it clocked. Globally, within races, um, the opportunity for women to race versus men to race is like they have about one third of an opportunity that the men do. So um, we, we looked at it and we looked at the business model and we looked at, you know, really where the opportunities lay. And we said, 2019, we're going to drop the men and we're going to focus on the women. And that's, you know, that was a bold move because mm -hmm. typically it's reversed and the women's races are the ones that are getting dropped. And the organizers or, you know, whoever's putting the races on say, you know, well, we don't need a women's race, but we need a men's race because men's you know, people are interested in men's racing more than they're interested in women's racing. And while that might be the case, right, if you look at whatever you're looking at, whatever stats you're looking at, but um, we said, 
we're going to buck the trend. We, we are not interested in that. We're interested in making a difference and, and really creating something that we can grow and we can build um, into the future that is not only supportive of the sport, but really transcends that and really plays into this women's empowerment message and, you know, for the youth and, you know, for the, the girls that are looking to get into the sport, there is a path and there is an opportunity for them to participate at a high level and be proud about be proud of that um, and be compensated for that and be have exposure around that in the future. So that's so when is, we landed. Is, is yeah. that number, will those numbers actually true? Like, so the perception that the men are more interesting somehow are more valuable. You know, I don't know. I don't see what reports, what data mm-hmm. organizers are actually looking at. But when I just anecdotally look across the sports, different sports fields, sports arenas. I attend sporting events. I watch them on TV. And if I'm just looking in the stands, I'm like, well, there seems to be at least an equal number of men to women spectators in this sport. So I'm, I'm always in a place where I'm questioning, is that just a perception based on the old way of thinking? Or what, what is the actual truth to this idea that the men's sports, the men athletes are somehow more interesting or valuable? Yeah, and I don't have data as it relates to spectators, but I do as it relates to sponsors. So let mm-hmm. me give you this data point, and it's it's pretty shocking as it relates to cycling. So a men's, an average men's team budget, so the budget that it costs to put on the, the team and organize the team and support them and all their needs is close to $17 million, okay? That's men's. The women's side is just over 200000 Oh. So like 17 million versus 200,000. Wow. So that doesn't speak to spectators, but that speaks to the industry and the sponsorship dollars and the support, you know, whether it's from governing bodies or elsewhere, um, that the men are, I mean, I don't even know what that extrapolated, uh, you know, extension mm-hmm. <laughs> percentage wise is 17 million versus uh, 200,000. So it's really the, you know, we know that we, you know, I, I think intuitively we know that there's disparity within sports, most sports, all sports, you know, whatever that might be. We can speak to it specifically here as it relates to cycling. I mean, in 2019, the fact that it's a $17 million budget versus a $200,000 budget is just nuts to mm-hmm. me. Um, and it's that, you know, that carries through with, um, you know, pay salaries. 50% of the women that race at a professional level don't get paid. So they have to have another job in addition to that. And then the 50% that do get paid, you know, their average salary is you know $30,000. So it's not, you know, that's not going to pay your rent, not here in Denver, at least. No, um, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you start to dig in and you start to look at those stats, it just, it really, you, you take a step back and you say, well, why is this happening? And it, it drills down to, it really it drills down to opportunity because, you know, sponsors are saying, well, men have uh, TV coverage and women don't have TV coverage. So if I'm a sponsor and I can spend my money on the men versus the women, it, maybe to a degree it's not genders, but it's who's getting exposure. Where is my logo? Where is my brand? How is that getting um, consumed? So f- for us as event organizers, we think what what is the the change that we can affect and what can we do to be a part of the solution and at least the path towards the solution of equality. Um, so when we took a step back and said, what does 2019 look like? Um, we focused on exposure and we focused on prize money and we focused on athlete support. And we feel that those 
three key areas are, you know, part of the model that is going to define and create success and ultimately create sustainability for the future. So let's talk about prize money first. Last year, we paid out $20,000 for the women in prize money, and we paid out $70,000 for the men. Okay. Big, big difference. $50,000. That's a big difference. Um, So we said this year, we're going to give $75,000 to the women, right? We're just going to say, let's, 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 draw the line in the sand and really commit towards the women here. So $75,000 in prize money. And that's, and I can't, you know, all the prize money is kind of changing on a daily basis with other events. That's one of the top in the industry. Um, I can't say the top, but one of the top in the industry. So it just kind of goes to show that, um, you know, they're not getting paid a ton for, you know, even when they do have opportunities to compete, the prize money is not huge. But again, our commitment was let's, let's put something out there that really shows that we're committed to this. And then the exposure piece and this from the athlete's perspective is probably the largest um, opportunity and area uh, where we can improve holistically across the sport is televising the women's side of the event. So for example, right now in Italy, the Giro is going on for men. Um, it's like the tour of Italy and the men go for three weeks. And I think the women go for about a week, but the men's three weeks is televised and the women's, the women's race isn't televised at all. So the men get all the exposure and the opportunity and the women don't have any, um, you know, nobody's, nobody's broadcasting that. So they, they may as well be racing in front of it. Nobody. Um, so again, for us, we said, okay, we want to put on every day, we're going to do two hours of live coverage for the event. So, you know, that is something we're committed to. It's, it's an expense. And I understand why people don't do it because it's an expensive, um, you know, cost to televise that and produce that and to shoot that and all of that. You understand being in the, mm-hmm. in the media business, what goes into it. Um, so I think even beyond the prize money from the writer's perspective, the TV exposure is what they're really excited about and being able to tell their friends and family, tell their sponsors, tell their fans, this is how you can watch the race. And, you know, for us, success looks like if, if the riders come, you know, we're creating this platform where they can really show off their skills and show off the competition. Um, you know, if they get increased exposure, if they get more social media following, if they get more sponsorship deals, you know, then that is, you know, we define that as success. Um, so that's, that's another important piece. And then I think the final piece is, is the support side. And that's not only from, a, you know, putting them up in hotels and, and, and providing meals to the athletes, which is not commonplace within the women's side of the sport. Um, you know, we're committing to do, doing that, but also thinking about the race experience for them. How do we make it easy for them to race? Um, you know, putting, the ra- putting together challenging courses so it's not, you know, patronizing to a degree to be like, oh, the men do this course, but the women are just going to do this, like, mini version of the course. That's not the case. We just announced our courses today, and oh, good Lord, the ladies are going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> are people um, freaking out a little bit? Like, oh, okay, we really have to show it. up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This is not a little pedal through the mountains. This is this is a hammer fest. So, um, you know, it's it's we really were committed to to treating this at you know at the very highest level and not just being oh that's good enough. No, it's not good enough. You know, we need to to create this and really our vision is to be you know the best women's race, the best race in the world. You know, in five years. So that's that's a vision we have set on. But along the way and really step by step is to support you know, the athletes and, you know, specifically to support the, the female athletes mm-hmm. and, and create a best practice that can be replicated. And, you know, I hope in five years we're the Colorado classic and there's the, you know, California classic and the New York classic, you know, the hope is, is that this can create that model that we can build upon um, to expand the opportunities for the female side of the sport. Do you have a 
a bigger, longer term end game? I sense a little bit that there might be. <laughs> um, I, I think there is. Is it documented? Not necessarily. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is this is as we're sort of year one in this this new focus. Um, you know, I, I have a personal one, but I, I couldn't say that that everyone <laughs> shares mm-hmm. that vision. But, you know, it is it is very inspiring, um, you know, to work at, at, you know, on this event at this time, because, you know, when we sit here on what are we, July 12th today um, on the heels of um, just about a week ago, the Women's uh, World Cup win, the, the U.S. Right. Women's World Cup women win in soccer, you know, the conversation around pay equity and equality within sport um, for women is so strong. And that is, you know, that is the message that we are preaching, you know, within our space. And, um, you know, success is for us is, is banging the drum and talking about it and making, you know, making people aware of the disparity between the support for teams, you know, 17 million versus 200,000. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's sort of when we put on our little, uh, you know, cheerleader hat, that's, that's a patronizing term. So we won't use that. <laughs> <laughs> no cheerleader, but, you know, really putting on the hat of, of um, we need to talk about this and this is a very relevant issue right now. And if we don't talk about it, we can't find solutions to solve it. And our race is a demonstration of a solution and that mm-hmm. is what we look at and if, if, if we make this successful and I think I truly believe it will be um, you know how do we drive that and how do we continue to build build upon that and in, incentivize or, or inspire people I guess it's probably a better term um, to look at this from a you know women are not the plus one right they can be the center stage and they can hold that you know the attention of the audience and, and really the thrill of the sport so um, you know, I think there is a there's a, a bigger, longer vision on this. What those steps are in between, it's it's yet to be determined. But sure. uh, we're not giving up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that sports are such an interesting medium for looking at something like pay equity, gender equity, even race equity, um, yeah. because. I guess in a, in a way it's more um, you can get a, an, an easier apples to apples comparison because the data exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just easier. It's not like you're looking at two doctors and going, well, mm-hmm. this doctor has been to more training and this doctor yeah. <laughs> has a yeah. better, you know, has different mentor, whatever you can look at a sport and go like, if you, if you took the, the U S women's team in soccer mm-hmm. and said four time world champions, Mm-hmm. And you take this, the men's exact, you know, the sport who are men and you're like, can't make it out of the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the men true. are making way more money. They get the exposure to your point. They get the big purses. They get the better, better opportunities because somebody somewhere has decided that the men are more valuable to their bottom line, even though yeah. they they are not performing. And for the women to reach the pinnacle of success, they can't just be good. They can't just be excellent. They have to be extraordinary. Sure. Sure. No, it's true. I mean, and, and you look at it and, you know, we were talking about tennis. I think tennis is, is a great example to mm-hmm. look at and how we've had these iconic moments in history with Billie Jean King. And obviously Serena is, is an iconic moment herself. Um, you know, it's, there is a, there is a path and there is definitely a, a 
a vision on how to bridge the gap. And I understand its history and the development of, you know, men's sports versus women's sports. Um, it's all it's all very relevant. But again, if we don't talk about it and we don't, I mean, I, the soccer team is amazing and they haven't stopped talking about it and they're demanding it. And I think that's empowering in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can translate that beyond sport, right? And it's like, I have a nine-year-old daughter and, and I always tell her, stand up for what you believe in. If you, if you think this is right, then, you know, go for it. I mean, and that's what the, that's sort of, you know, I mean, that's what the, the soccer team is doing. If, if you, this, it's right and it's fair and it's just, and that's what needs to happen. So they're talking about it at every touch point that they can. And if we can use them as, sort of a, a vision or a model of what we could do. And again, we have our voices here as event organizers, but, you know, let's, let's keep talking about it and let's talk to other events and figure out how collaboratively and collectively we can, we can make a change in the sport. And that's mm-hmm. what's, I mean, that's what's exciting. I mean, that's what gets me, you know, excited about coming into the office every day and working on this and, and, and really being able to make a difference. And I hope that, you know, again, in, in five, 10 years, we look back and say, this was a turning point, you know, within the sport and we were right, you know, at the, the genesis of it all. Right, right. No, I get that. We're, we're experiencing a moment of accountability, I think, finally. And so we have to beat that drum. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Yeah, like we got to do it. And the time I think the time now is really fascinating, um, because we are at a time where we have more access to exposure than we've ever had mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. So why yeah. not use whatever platform you have to share the message, so right? Yeah, I hear that. Absolutely. But I'd be curious to, to hear from your perspective, why this, um, you know, there's a multitude of ways to fight for gender equity or pay equity, whatever the underlying cause is. Um, I think it's really fascinating that for for you and for the organization you're with that cycling is the approach when mm-hmm. it to your to our earlier point women's pro cycling is is not that big on a day to day scale mm-hmm. in the in yeah. the realm of sports right like there are way bigger sports that women are yeah. in that people are like oh yeah like they could name maybe the the top three players or something yeah. I, we're not to a place yet probably where the average sports fan could name the top three women's pro cyclists, maybe, unless you're into the yeah. sport, would be my guess. Exactly. No, and I think, you know, why cycling? And I think it, it was really born out of the fact that we had infrastructure around cycling to begin mm-hmm. with when we started. Um, and it wasn't until we, we dropped the men, quite honestly, until we had this clearer look into what the actual opportunity was around women. And, you know, if when we made that decision, say, last fall to, to go all women, I don't, I would not have projected where we're sitting today and having this really strong equity message. We knew that women needed more opportunity, but when you start digging into the details and really understanding the disparity between the genders, it just, it was the most, you know, the momentum just kept building and the passion and really this development of a mission. So a lot of times we talk about it's more than a race, it's a movement. So the race is the vehicle or the race is the platform to be able to, you know, create this movement and, and have that be the little pebble that that goes into the avalanche that that Mm -hmm. rolls down the hill into the snowball and i think um it's just as as i'm sure you know in business right it's it's these opportunities come up and you see them and then you strategically um you know rally around them and build a business and and build content around them and that's that's really what happened here was we didn't come into this 
you know, even when we decided to go women to say this is this is bigger than this, it's about pay equity. It was something that as as you continue to to, to tell the story and to work the message that it's come up. And, you know, the timing with again with the, the soccer is like, gosh, we couldn't have written a better better scripts around it mm-hmm. um, and that's really exciting and I think you know we're trying to do our part and here in Colorado it's so empowering um, you know Jared Polis, our governor, just even yesterday, um, you know, had put out a message to say, hey, U.S. women's soccer team, come come celebrate with us in Colorado. You know, we're proud, you know, we're proud and we support women and we have pay equity um, rights here. So it's it was, you know, to a degree, it's somewhat of a perfect storm and, and a great opportunity that came into play here. Super but, strategic, yeah. too, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> look at that. That was really um, smart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it's, again, it's, it's really exciting and the momentum is there and it's, it's, it's just pushing ahead and, and being able to be a part of this and being a part of this moment in time, you know, not only within the sport, but beyond and, and hoping that this inspires people in other sports as well to really take control and to, to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. So why for you personally as well, Lucy, why cycling? Why, why do you do this work? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm not a professional cyclist. I'll start off by saying right. that very much a recreational uh, cyclist riding with my kids, um, you know, around the neighborhood and such. But I've um, for, for all of my career, I've worked within sport and mainly within not, you know, big, big name sport like football or soccer or baseball or any of that, um, but within the endurance sport space. So it's like the mindset of the athlete has been something that I've worked with and studied and marketed to and, you know, mm-hmm. worked around through my whole career. So I'm very tied to sport itself. I was a collegiate athlete and, you know, move my, move my body every day. So, it, you know, it, my, my personal um, approach to movement and activity and, and really competition, um, you know, all of that has really led me to where I am today within my career. Um, but also, you know, as a mother too, I have a nine-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son and, you know, I'm very involved in coaching, you know, all of their activities as well. But I feel like sport, you know, regardless of the discipline is this amazing and powerful, um, tool or platform where it develops you, you know, as a person and it develops your personality and your skills and your dedication and your work ethic. And all of that is, um, it's been such an important part of my life. So to be able to blend, you know, my sort of personal passions with my profession has been, um, has been incredible, you know, throughout my career. But this is, I will tell you at this point, um, you know, with the the cycling around the women's piece, it's again, for me personally, it has been like the perfect storm of alignment. And, you know, I kind of maybe eight months ago sort of looked inside and said, okay, what am I doing? You know, where am I going with my career? Where, where is this taking me? Like, I want to make a difference. And I love coaching and I love seeing, you know, girls on the field, uh, you know, with their confidence and growing, you know, building confidence over, you know, a a season of just kind of coming in and not wanting to, you know, make a move on the basketball court to then, Mm -hmm. you know, running points, running a point guard situation. So it's really, you know, personally, it's really empowering for me to be a part of, uh, you know, not only my daughter's life in that regard, but, you know, also her peers and other girls, um, you know, that I'm coaching. Um, But then when you tie it into your profession and, and being able to say, I'm doing that in a different context, 
um, you know, with the work that we're doing over here. So it's, you know, I can speak from the heart because I've been, you know, I've again been an athlete my entire life and seen the differences between men and women, you know, and it's not, you know, I never played professional sports or, or any of that. And I, I did benefit from, from title nine, um, mm-hmm. from a, you know, athletic perspective in college, but, um, it's, it's just, it's from a, you know, it's one of those things. And somebody asked me the other day, it's like, well, you know, my daughter and, and with, um, you know, soccer, the, the guys get to play the boys in this instance, you know, the boys soccer get to play on this really nice turf field. And we have to play on this kind of ratty old dirt field. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to make a difference and we're trying to make a change. He's like, what, what, what do you, what can we do? Help us? You know, do we just stop? And I was like, don't stop. I mean, and that's what it is. It's like, don't stop pushing it. Don't stop working towards a change and to make a difference. And that's, you know, if there's one thing that, you know, it's, that's been sort of embedded in my, uh, you know, in my Mm -hmm. brain for, for all of my career, but, but specifically on this is like, don't give up, don't stop talking about it. Don't stop pushing the issue, you know, continue to make a difference and make a change and don't get knocked down by the naysayers or, you know, every now and then we'll get a snarky email or a Facebook message. If nobody cares about women's cycling, what are you guys doing? And, you know, it's at first you get angry, you know, it's like I get angry, but then I take a step back and say, I feel sorry for you that this is the way that you're thinking about things. And it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Don't stop. Don't let that discourage you. Let's keep going. We need to keep pushing forward. We know what we're doing is right. So let's keep down that path. So how do you know when you've gotten there? Yeah, how do you define right success? Now. How do you That's know? A good question. Right? How, how do know. we know <laughs> that we've we've gotten to that place where we can we have that yeah. equity? Yeah, I mean it's a long road, and, yeah. and again, as we always say, that we know that we're not going to change, uh, you know, decades, century of of history, you know, from August twenty second through twenty fifth. But if we help one team get an additional sponsor, right? Mm. If we help one rider gain, you know, 10,000 social media follower followers, if, you know, those are the, the like micro steps to get to the, the macro change. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are able to affect, you know, different rules and governing within the sport as it relates to equal pay or even just minimum pay for women, um, you know, that's, that's, that's success. And it's, it's little bites, it's little bites that get us. Um, down the path. So, um, you know, and then athlete success, we want, um, you know, we want everyone to leave the race. We want the women that are riding to leave the race to say that was incredible. You know, I was supported from start to finish and I want to come back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, if, if you take a step back kind of away from the mission side and you look at the, the business side of it is it is that financial stability and, and that sustainability of the event and, and creating something that, you can build on and, and you can and have it come back year after year. Again, funding is key to it. So, you know, from that perspective, it's, you know, we, we need sponsorship to be a right. part of the event, you know, in order to put this on, we need sponsorship and corporate support and, you know, city and, and county and state support to do all of this. So we have to make sure our product is, you know, world-class so we get support around it um and that's you know we we are very very fortunate this year to have bf corporation to come in as our title sponsor and they're you know they're the parent company of north face and vans and um timberland and and a variety of other outdoor brands and they're moving there are are in the process of and and kind of happening as we speak um moving their brands uh to denver and they saw this event as a great opportunity to align not only around their their vision of um you know inclusion and diversity and 
you know, support, but also it's, it's an event they are proud of and proud to be a part of here in their, their new home uh, town. So it's, you know, it's not, uh, it's not easy. Um, and everyone's like, you just work on one event. And I said, trust me, it's more oh, than one event. You know? <laughs> that's somebody that's never done events before. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the ingredients are there and, and now for us, it's, you know, a lot of it is, especially with us being about six weeks out from the race, it's execution, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's the focus and, and really the end goal of, of success and, and bringing it back and continuing it into the future. So for this year, how many uh, athletes do you have competing? Do you know yet? Yeah, so we have 96 athletes. So we have 16 teams of six, um, which is which is great. That's a great number. Um, uh, we have five international teams that are coming over to participate, and then we've got a handful of local teams as well. So you have a great mix. We have a, um, a, an all-star collegiate team um, as well. So varying degrees of the sport from mm-hmm. uh, you know those uh, women that are just getting into it to some more senior riders. So it's, it's going to be a great, great, uh, display of athleticism and competition out there. Exciting. I'm excited to check it out. It'll be my first year. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, we're, we're in four different cities. So we start on the 22nd in steamboat and then we go to Avon on the 23rd golden, which is Saturday, the 24th. And then we finish here in Denver, right out in front of Coors Field on the 25th of August. Mm -hmm. Exciting. And so if anybody listening to this happens to be coming into Denver for, I mean, we have a pretty good amount of our audience that is from Colorado and listens. So for those of you here, you should check it out. And for those of you that have been talking about or thinking about coming to Denver, you should come. All of these locations are beautiful. I'll probably go to Golden in Denver because those are the closest to me. But Steamboat, like you guys, you got to come and check it out. I think it's going to be pretty incredible. So. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. And, you know, for those that are coming in from out of town, obviously, the, you know, it while cycling is at the core, it really has this overarching, um, you know, health and fitness and mm-hmm. outdoors feel to it. So it's great. It's family friendly. It's, you know, it's, it, it, you can be outside, you can ride your bikes around. Um, it really is an inclusive and exciting experience. And, you know, for, for us also, the bringing people out and showing support and having people coming out to prove that, um, you know, uh, to prove to those naysayers sending those nasty emails in there that people do care about women cycling um, or they're just getting exposed to it in your instance, right? So it's like providing exposure to a new sport and understanding that it's pretty cool. And when you hear the Peloton, so the the pack of riders coming down the street and, you know, their cars and the, the energy and the speed, and it's almost like this silent and you can hear them, you, you know, you can hear the speed go by, which sounds really weird, but you can hear the gears on their bikes and the tires on the road. And it, it really is this, it gives you goosebumps as they, they, they sweep by you at such a fast pace. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's it, obviously it's different than your, your football or your baseball or whatnot, but um, you know, I, I, I challenge all of your listeners to look at, we have uh, all of the courses are, are, we posted them today on our website, but you take your bike out there and see if you can ride that bike up the hill, <laughs> man, man or woman <laughs> at the speed that these women do. It's, it's really impressive, um, you know, what they're doing out there. Yeah, wonderful. I'm excited about it. Uh, Lucy, let our listeners know how they can, the quickest, easiest way for them to learn more about the Colorado Classic. Yeah, coloradoclassic.com is our website, and you can go on there, and from there you can see the different courses that are um, that the, the race will be on, as well as uh, links to uh, where they can watch it. 
podcast so where you can watch the race if you're not here in Denver or aren't able to access Denver. And then, you know, you can dig deeper in bios of the teams and, and different, uh, obviously, the, the venues of the, the, um, each of the days. But, um, yeah, coloradoclassic.com is the best place to go. We've got some great content, great videos on there, behind-the-scenes stories of, of some of the riders that will be participating this year. It's, uh, it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, I did see that there were, um, you guys have a really sweet reel of women riders talking about why they ride, like just quick little snippets of why they ride. So I would encourage people to check that out. It was, it's so sweet and super inspiring and very badass. And I was like, man, I don't even own a bike. Maybe I should go buy one. I'm into, exactly. I play other sports. So yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe, maybe I'll try that. I don't know. Why not? Why not? Get out there, roll around. <laughs> I've tried about everything else except that. So <laughs> I love it. How can people connect with you, Lucy? With me personally? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can, um, if you email opportunities at rpmeventsgroup.com, you can get me on that. Um, Great. Which is great. So if you have yeah. any specific questions for Lucy, reach out. But definitely check out the Colorado Classic. It's a lot of badass women athletes doing really cool things and really helping to advance the, you know, the gender equity conversation in the world. And, and if you're in Colorado, you're lucky because it's happening right next to you. So I would encourage everyone to give it a shot. Lucy, one last and final question that I ask everybody that comes on this show. Who are the women inspiring you right now? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. But I will tell you that always, you know, despite, I mean, Serena is inspiring as she is like coming back from having a child and, mm-hmm. and you know, again, very timely, uh, the U S soccer team, they're the, all the women on that team, super inspiring, obviously Megan Rapioni, I can never say her last name for phone. Um, you know, really inspiring, but, um, as cheesy as it may sound, my mom inspires me and it, you know, she always has. And it's just one of those things where she's the hardest worker that I know and Mm -hmm. did everything, you know, growing up, gave me and my brothers everything we wanted and at the hand of hard work and taught me work ethic and dedication and discipline and all of that. Um, so it's, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think, Oh mom, that, that was because of mom or what would my mom (laughs) think? Um, so I, I, you know, definitely appreciate her and, and she's a fantastic woman who has been inspiring. Not every cheesy at all. It's real. You know, it, it, uh, what we learned it's came true. from somewhere. And so yes, exactly. if you got your hustle from your mama, then she deserves That's a right. shout out for <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, Lucy, thanks so much for joining us on That's What She Did podcast again. It's been Thank a pleasure you. having you and learning more about women's pro cycling. Well, thanks for having me. It was great to to chat with you today. All right, folks. So we are going to wrap here, but this is our bonus episode for now. I have no plans to bring you another one, but I'll keep you posted like I do. In the meantime, if you have someone that you think should be featured on this show, you know how to reach me. All you got to do is DM me. I like to hang out on the gram. So you can go to That's What She Did podcast on Instagram and leave me a DM or send me an email. That's what she did podcast at gmail.com. I like to keep it simple. In the meantime, go be great. Go be awesome. Go be your badass selves. We'll catch up with you later. <laughs>